it's time for Animation Celery Banana Slamma. Crunchy conversations about classic cartoons. If your mission is magic, your love will shine through. I'm one of your hosts, Micah. Banana Slamma. Okay, I see where this is going. I'm Matsy. This is Animation Celery, where we watch and discuss and review and d- d- cartoon things. Now, it's been Hanukkah, and so we defaulted to the first Hanukkah thing we both thought of, which is Adam Sandler's movie Eight Crazy Nights, and I don't want to talk about it, so Micah, delay it. Okay, well, I watched me some DuckTales, Banana Slamma! And, uh, apropos, it was actually, where I left off was the Christmas episode. Oh, was that the one where uh, Scrooge goes back in time? It sure was. Banana slamma! Um, okay, you need to stop doing that. Like, well, <laughs> Eight Crazy Nights is bad enough. I don't need to be reminded of Donkey Kong Country. You see what I was thinking? You know, you know the idea that the way you act outwardly affects your inside? So, like, you're supposed to do the... Uh, the winning pose when a runner crosses the finish line and that'll like inspire. I figured that if I banana slamma enough that I will uh, be instilled with the nobility and heroism of Donkey Kong. No, you need the shaven tendril on top of your head. I'm working on it. So I, I haven't seen you in about two years, but I'm guessing that you still don't have one. <laughs> well, I don't look in the mirror much. Anyway, Don, uh, not Donkey Kong, uh, DuckTales. Yeah, pretty Donkey fun. Donkey Tales. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it was a fun, fun episode. And it was one you talked about for quite some time as having the young Donald. Yep. Young, young emo Donald. Yeah. Anyway, still having fun with it. But, you know, uh, that's just a little bit because uh, my new section is going to be like Hanukkah, like a lot of little gifts. Oh. So <laughs> I watched a whole bunch of good movies this week. Oh, good. You you had to wash your brain out with soap? No, I went the other direction. I cleansed oh. the palate the other way. Um, <laughs> so I watched, uh, I'd never seen Wreck-It Ralph. I checked that out. Oh, interesting. Yeah, have you seen it? I've seen the first one. I haven't seen the second one yet. Well, people told me the second one was bad, but now I at least I have a frame ref- of reference for the first movie, which, um, let's see. I didn't check out because, well, I'm cheap and I don't go to the movies very much. And there was no, like, venue where I'd see it, you know? I actually did see that one in the theater back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things where it just kind of hits you like, oh, this is going to be like a soulless kind of thing, you know, that's mm. just going to be a professional product they pump out. And it kind of is. You know the uh, the trope? About Pixar movies where it's like uh, toys have feelings, bugs have feelings, robots have feelings. Now yeah. feelings have feelings. Yeah. Well, I find that for Pixar movies, that's mostly the ones produced by John Lasseter. Hmm. And he produced Wreck-It Ralph, so, you know, video, video games, games have feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, when it's a amalgam project, if the people in it are good, you can come out with a good thing. And uh, I thought they did a good job integrating all the storylines together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> My cat's going nuts. Um, <laughs> and I thought that the principles of the story 
had good designs and good voices, and that went a long way. Yeah, an Ed Wynn impression. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that too. Mm. You know, I, I forgot. I forgot if there's any Frank Welker in there. Hmm. Ooh, good question. I think there was, but I can't. It's been a little. It was the first movie I watched in the week, so I forget. Um, I, I like the concept of the kart racer in there where it has yeah. a different uh, slate of racers every day. That would be interesting because you'd show to the arcade just to find out. Yeah. You might hold on your quarters if your favorite wasn't there, but. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought Vanellope, that she's pretty cute, but her hair, which has little pieces of candy in it. Yeah. Must be the grossest thing to experience or touch as another person. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, Princess Bubblegum in Adventure Time, her hair is just gooey bubblegum. Yeah, I was curious. I, I meant to ask one of these times just how bubblegum you thought she was. Uh, she's basically a bubblegum mutant um, from after a nuclear war. Like she grew from a drop of bubblegum into... Hey. The, she's like a couple thousand years old at this point, but she still looks 18. It's like a Godzilla character. Grew from yeah. bubblegum. The King of Ooh refers to her at one point as a teenage gum golem. Ha. Hey. But it, it, like, are parts of her sticky? Like, I've seen her hair be sticky before, but. There's, yeah, like there's, I don't know that parts of her are sticky, but there's two things that come to mind. One there's an episode where Finn wanted a lock of her hair, and so she just took a chunk out of it. Yes, I remember and, that. And there's also a short on YouTube where her forearm is devoured. Yeah. And so she just stretches out a new one and new fingers. Heh. Oh, I was thinking that if you bit her, you'd leave your teeth marks. Well, hmm. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I bet she smells like that uh, O-Peachy kind of uh, hmm. pink... Hard stick bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Um, anyway, uh, movies. I also watched Summit of the Gods, which is based on a manga and produced oh. by France. Yeah. I actually, yeah. by complete coincidence, I was reading a Wikipedia article about that not long ago. Uh, it's pretty good. Mm. Um, I think it's animation for adults. It's about... Um, a journalist who gets a lead on a famous climber as well as a camera that might have evidence of the first real person to have uh, reached the summit of Everest. And as he researches this climber, he becomes more and more engrossed with him and following up and finding him. And hmm. I think, I think the movie does a really good job at, portraying like the uh the danger and the grit and also like the 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 techniques and um apparatus that you'd use for climbing mm -hmm. so i like that when a movie kind of does that you know takes you into something you're not that knowledgeable on good yeah anyway real good i recommend it and uh the other one i watched was a rewatch i rewatched from up on poppy hill which uh is a ghibli movie uh, directed by Goro Miyazaki, and it's it takes place in 60s Yokohama and is about a dutiful uh, high school girl who one like she 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 
takes care of her family and the boarders that live at her grandma's place. And, you know, she's a good girl. But one day at school, uh, a daredevil stunt by a member of the uh, newspaper uh, club uh, draws her into his world of a uh, campaign to stop their uh, the, the 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 creaky old building that serves uh, as the uh, house for all the boys after school clubs from being okay. demolished. Ah. Yeah, yeah, good movie and good rewatch. So I watched three good movies this week. Huh. All right. How about you? Okay, I played another round of Balls in Your Court. Oh. This is this is the game I invented last week where I take a cartoon that I have previously watched and decided not to watch anymore and gave it a second chance, but with a caveat. Mm. Basically putting the onus on the show to impress or at least not disappoint me. Uh, last time I did F is for Family. Mm-hmm. And this time I did something I've been meaning to do for a while, uh, which is... Bob's Burgers. But you like that show. So I do. I do Mm. think that it's the best of Fox's primetime animated series. But I started to get kind of bored with it at some point. Um, Mm. In retrospect, I realized that the point that I got bored with it was the very end of the previous season. I remembered. Okay, here, let me let me let me back up. What I've done is I went back and I found the last episode that I definitely remembered watching or, or remembered giving up on, I should say, and started watching from that point forward. What I discovered mm-hmm. afterwards is that I had actually seen most of the episodes after that. Mm-hmm. It was, it was the finale of the previous season where I decided I just couldn't. And then I okay. haven't seen any of the current season. So what I did is I went back to that first episode, which is a kind of a Christmas episode. It's it's sort of set in January, like at the end of Christmas mm. of 2021. We both kind of did it. Yeah. Uh, jumped in on a series that we left alone oh. on a Christmas episode, or at least close to Christmas. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So here's the deal. Um, I've been wanting to do this with Bob's Burgers for a while or something like this. And this gave me a great chance. What I did is I started with that last episode, which was season 11, episode 12, and watched all of the episodes that have come since then. But I stopped watching each episode with with some exceptions. I stopped watching each episode as soon as any character said the word fart or poop. My theory is that I wouldn't be able to get through an entire episode. Uh Uh-huh. Now... Let me regale you with my findings. Okay. So, season 11, episode 12. It's called Die Card or Card Trying. (laughs) I was hoping it would have poop in the title. (laughs) Uh, not quite. Okay. Although, okay. Um, Oh, keep in mind, I'm including, I have the times here where the thing is said, and I'm including Mm. the opening credits, which is about 20 seconds. Because the opening credits has two credit gags, which I right. felt each had the potential to have one of the words in them. Okay. So so when I give you these these times, you can kind of mentally knock off 20 seconds for the opening credits. Okay. Okay, here we go. 
die card or card trying. At 14 minutes, 22 seconds, Tina says, did a bird poop twice on you guys too? Hmm. Episode 13, an inconvenient truth. There was nothing. Second episode. They managed to impress me. They did not say either of the band words. Cool. And then the next episode made up for it by being titled Mr. Lonely Farts. <laughs> okay. And 41 seconds in, Linda says, it's not there. I already looked. I had to poop without it. I read the back of the shampoo bottle like in the old days. Mm. Next, <laughs> in a similar vein, episode 15, she shank redemption. Boy. Four, at four minutes, 54 seconds, Linda says, oh no, oh no, I'm going to poop. Huh. Episode 16. Y tu Tina tambien. Uh, Linda says, oh, Tina, I hate seeing you like this, all poopy and droopy. Hmm. Episode 17. Called Fingers Loose. One minute, 10 seconds. Tina says, I may seem like a party pooper, but it's better if I'm pooping at their party than a teacher. Okay. Yeah. You'd, you'd have let it go if it was party pooper alone, right? Um. Because they're pooping. They're not defecating. I don't know. Pooper. I'm not. I, fortunately, I didn't have to make that call, but. Right. I, I think it's kind of a strict, you know, are you using that word? Hmm. Anyway, uh, episode 18, some kind of fender benderful. Linda, at, oh, one minute, seven seconds. Notice how early these are coming. One mm. minute, seven seconds. Linda says, you can have this back when you stop being sour patch poops. It's at this point that I started to notice that it was all Tina and Linda. I really expected Jean to have more action here. And also the <laughs> word fart hasn't come up yet. Well, you stopped when you heard the poops. So maybe you missed some farts. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yes. Yeah. Okay, episode 19, Bridge Over Troubled Rude. Uh, again, nothing in this one. Good job. Hmm. Episode 20, Steel Magazine Olias. Three minutes, 28 seconds, Tina says, Hey, so no judgment, but what's going on with the bird poop on the window? Hmm. Episode 21, Tell Me Dumb Thing Good. None. <laughs> okay. Episode 22, this is the actual one, it turns out, that I gave up on once I realized that it was going to be a Rocky Horror Picture Show parody. Mm. Two minutes, 43 seconds, Gene says, hmm, it looks like you're holding in a fart. And now we move on to season 12. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, episode one, which is called Manic Pixie Crap Show. This one took mm -hmm. until 1110. And at that point, the pixie queen says, okay, we've got pixies lost in the field, the head butter and her partner in wand crime. It's a poop storm. Now, I actually watched the rest of this episode because it turned out that I was engaged in the story. It was actually okay. a really good episode. It was, um, uh, t uh, Louise had been conscripted by her stalker, Millie, to participate in the pixie promenade thing for little girls in the park, uh, because Millie had been banned for headbutting the evil gnome last year and mm. she wanted to collect all the wands. And it turned out to be really cool. Cause it was like Tina was kind of 
self-conscious about not being pretty because the mean girls wouldn't give her a YouTube tutorial about makeup. And at the same time, Louise was, she wasn't, she was like hating being in this pixie thing, but she was also starting to wonder if there was something wrong with her for not liking little girl things like that. It Mm. was, it was a real good episode. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I watched all of it. Uh, Then we get the episode two, Crystal Mess. 11 minutes, 13 seconds. Jean says, is it a royal flush? That's the only poker hand I know because it sounds like a fancy poop. Yeah. Uh, Episode three, the pumpkining. Four minutes, 34 seconds. Bob says, when you pooped in the convertible. That's Linda sharing a secret thing that she did. Uh, Episode four, driving big (laughs) dummy. Four minutes, 35 seconds. Teddy says, hey, Bob. If you need to fart like you just did, just tell me. I'll pull over and you can get out. Mm. Episode five, seven tween again. Nothing. Good job. Episode six, beach please. At 18 minutes, 10 seconds, (laughs) Mr. Fish Odor says you can barely see the seagull poop on the railings. I actually watched the rest of this one, too, because there was only like three minutes left. So, okay. Episode seven, Loft in Bedslation. There was nothing in that one. Impressive. Mm. And this one, was it this one? Okay, I think it was actually the next one here. Okay. No, wait, it was this one. There was one of these. I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. Yeah. Episode eight, Stuck in the Kitchen with You. Oh, it was that episode. I just realized it was that (laughs) previous episode. Episode eight, Stuck in the Kitchen with You. Six minutes, 36 seconds. Louise says, ugh, find hand farts. Weakest one goes with dad. Mm. And then episode nine, FOMO you didn't. There was nothing. Okay. And that's the, the Bob's Burgers up to date. But I want to go back to that episode seven, Lost in Bed's Lation. <laughs> yeah. Um, because uh, it had nothing in it. So I watched it all the way through. But also this one really appealed to me. Um, there were two plots going on simultaneously. One, uh, Louise was tired of having to share the desk in Tina's bedroom. Louise, you see, her bedroom is a converted walk-in closet and there's no room in there for a desk. So she has to share Tina's. Mm. And so they decided what they would do is they would build her a loft bed with a desk underneath it. So that's one plot. But the other plot... That the, the, the female characters are dealing with that one. But the other plot, the one that Bob and Jean are mixed up in is, get this, Micah. Okay. This lady named Shirley, I believe, this young 20-something thing, mm-hmm. has um, asked and received permission to run her Mages and Monsters game in the restaurant. Ah. And it's, and she's very nervous about it because it's the first time she's been a GM. And right. She's trying something new that she's not sure that her gaming group will enjoy. They, their, their game starts with them opening a chest and getting cursed. And she gives them new character sheets because they're goblins now. And so the, their, their game, their game session is trying to break the curse and turn back into their normal characters. Mm -hmm. Now, 
this this really resonated with me because you and I are both we both tend to be the DMs in our group. I mean, I know yeah. you play other games, but it tends to be you and me when we're playing with our little yeah. group of friends. And I'm sure we've both experienced this idea of trying something new. I remember a game that I ran once where there was a flashback sequence and I gave all you guys new character sheets to play out the characters in the flashback. Mm. And so I was I was like hooked on that story. I was like, yeah, right. let's go with that. Um, and then in the end, like all and she was getting more and more nervous because she was sensing that her players were like, you know, they're saying like, oh, boy, this is way more fun than the character I've spent the last six years building and stuff like that. And she's right. like, oh, no. Oh, no, they hate it. And, and in the end, it, it was also this was resonating with Bob because he was kind of feeling the same thing where people not as many people were trying his burger of the day as he would like. And so he was like seeing the same kind of people not liking to try new things. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I really enjoyed that episode. That one resonated with me. What a niche story to do <laughs> in a mainstream cartoon. Like, well, s- say what you want about D&D being popular and critical role and stuff. I mean, that's in the weeds for. Yeah. <laughs> for people that have been role playing for a while. Oh, yeah. That's, that's I've done it before and I think it's a bad idea. You know, we're like, oh, you're, you're playing these guys now again. Yeah, they they, they made a character because they want to play that character. But yeah, yeah, there's only one up to this point. There had only been one other episode of Bob's Burgers that I hadn't watched because mm. I started to and I could see where it was going and I just couldn't. Yeah. And it was the Brony parody episode. Oh, where Tina likes her ponies, but it's like the convention's been overtaken by men who call themselves equestricals. <laughs> That's or, kind of funny. Or equesticals, I think, whatever. But yeah, I, I watched like part of that and just went, oh, this, I can't do this. Hmm. I still haven't seen that episode. Maybe I'll go back to that one day. You know, I bet Hasbro is pretty litigious, but I kind of feel like these days you should probably be able to just say Dungeons and Dragons rather than, you know, <laughs> mazes and monsters and trolls and whatever's, you know. Make well, up some analog. Yeah, I. but, you know, you want to build up your own. Because if you don't, like in the movie we're about to discuss, it just looks like product placement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well. And also, I think I like I like the idea of coming up with something new that, like, you know what it's referencing, but it sounds legitimate. Because I remember there was... I um, guess so. There was a webcomic that I used to read and there was like an online role playing game that were they were playing and it was called World of Lorecraft. Oh, and I was like, okay. come on. Hmm. hmm. Anyway. So that's what I did. There you go, Bob's Burgers. Some success, I guess. What I realized partway through actually is that if I had also included the word P, it would have been yeah. over. you know i'm gonna i'm gonna bombard this show next week with jojo stuff (laughs) Uh, jojo is just no stranger to poop okay (laughs) um so so far in stone ocean all we've gotten is an alligator poop Hmm. but a ploy in order to trip someone into that alligator poop (laughs) And the use of a stand in order to save her from landing in it and the splatter of landing on to the, uh, the aggressor. That's elaborate. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that sounds cool. Next next week, you can bombard us with JoJo's, and I will bombard us with the second season of Centaur World. All right, sounds good. All right. Um, well, that's the show. Uh, oh, I wait, wish. we're going to talk about... Yeah, yeah, okay. Eight Crazy Nights. It's a movie directed by Seth Kearsley in 2002. It's a Adam Sandler vehicle. And you know, the most I'd seen of Eight Crazy Nights before now was the Nostalgia Critics Review. Mm. And he made a pact with me that he would watch it so I didn't have to. But here we are. Well, you didn't have to. No, I did. Honor and duty, right? Well, you you did. You did after we decided that that's what we were going to do. Yeah. So... Which, let's I, take, I let's guess it's my fault for bringing up Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah. We could have watched the Rugrats. So anyway, let's get to this. <laughs> let's, let's tear this Band-Aid off. All right. So, the Columbia Pictures torchbearer mascot fakes us out by being little old Eleanor from this movie. A character you'll love enough to find this endearing. Hmm. Rob Schneider starts us off by narrating about what a great deal the holidays, Christmas and before at Hanukkah, are. The only problem in the town of Dukesville is 33-year-old curmudgeon and burnout Davy Stone. It's Dukesbury. Dukesbury? Yeah. Oh, Dukes... Oh, my God. Okay. You don't well. know your eight crazy nights lore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do admit that I occasionally averted my eyes like <laughs> I was facing the Medusa. <laughs> so, after a drink and dash at a Chinese restaurant, Davy is chased by the police, and he ends up vandalizing and assaulting his way through town during a chase and obnoxious song. <laughs> now, I kind of did like the point that uh, when he the, the, around the keyhole of his car, all the paint is scratched because uh, he has difficulties aiming his key while drunk. Yeah, I liked that too, weirdly. Yeah, and that was the last time I came close to smiling. I feel like there was something else in this movie that I kind of appreciated. Oh, I remember what it was. I'll get to there later. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Cue me up when it, when it comes. Uh, yeah. So, at the court arraignment of the Jewish grump, a little old man with a limp because he has differently sized feet, his name being Whitey Duval, he emerges from the gallery to speak on Davy's behalf. He proposes that Davy, a former kid basketball star, could pay back the community by coaching children's basketball with him. So, at a kid's basketball game, we first get important exposition about how Whitey wants to win an annual vote that awards the Town All-Star Patch. During a spirited b-ball game, Whitey has a hard time keeping up with the play, and Davey couldn't care less about participating. Yeah, I should when, mention at this point, just, I, yeah. <laughs> again, you don't know your Eight Crazy Nights lore. He's not oh, a coach, I? he's a referee. Oh, I say coach? Yeah. Man. Okay, this movie referees. just went right in one ear and out the other, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> I don't know, man. I was, <laughs> I, every other line I was interrupting it with, Banana Slamma! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, when the older ref, see, I got it right this time, uh, persuades the miscreant to call a foul, he uses the opportunity to make fun of a fat kid. 
When the crowd of parents start to throw things, the old referee fakes or he legitimately has a seizure to disrupt the riot. The old man tries to... Here's why it makes sense in this sense. the To coach the mean star of the movie in life by taking him to the mall to show him the meaning of brand awareness with a yeah. tour of many real-world chain shops. Yeah. Yeah. In the food court, Jennifer and her son Benjamin meet and make nice with lovable senior citizen Whitey. Though Davy badly turns her off with his rudeness... Whitey reminds the douchebag that they used to be friends as children. Now, Jennifer is a divorcee who has moved back to town. And this is something I dislike from romantic comedies, including most Adam Sandler movies, where the love interest is the most bland thing in the universe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like a comedian who's exhausted every bit of material he has to make this movie. And he's invited all his funny friends. But there's like this love interest that he uh, is really focused on because she doesn't do anything wacky, unlike the rest of the town. Yeah, it kind of it it gave me this weird sense like, I mean, I know that this isn't the case. It can't be, surely. But Mm. it felt like an actress whose lines they were trying to limit. Like, oh, like they uh, just didn't like they didn't want this character to have too much involvement in this script. Yeah. Now, that's not what it is. It's just badly done. But like it, it kind of felt I'm like, why isn't there more of her? Why isn't she doing anything? Well, I guess because she doesn't, you know, say poop or fart. So Mm. hey, ship her in, ship her out. Yeah, kind of. So when Davy and Whitey leave. There's an insufferable musical number uh, where Whitey tries to sell Davy on how great the annual all-star banquet will be. In the car ride home, Davy casually confesses to stealing peanut brittle. It's nearly enough for Whitey to call the judge and have Sandler, I mean Davy, uh, thrown in jail. He kicks him out of his car, but it happens to be next to his trailer anyway. Worse, Whitey's car gets stuck in the snow until helpful deer push it free. The old dude goes home to his sister, Eleanor. In a scene featuring two insufferable figures, the sister tries to tamp down his hopes of winning the all-star patch. Seeing these two play off of each other is about the worst thing in this movie, and perhaps existence as a whole. (laughs) Um, It is wild to consider that... Davy, Whitey, and Eleanor are all voiced by Adam Sandler. Now, Adam Sandler can do a kind of feminine voice, but I think that Eleanor, at least in some places, is his slow voice sped up. They have to have sweetened it. Like, when I saw his name in the credits, I kind of went back and listened to some, and I was like, there's no way. Well, they're all terrible. So, anyway, despite living in such a spacious home, to support them... Whitey takes odd jobs about town, and it turns out that most everyone treats him as an object of ridicule. At one such odd job, Davy pushes Whitey over in a porta potty and then hoses the feces-covered victim. Rather than clean him, the hose freezes him into the spot until he's again rescued by deer who lick off the ice and poop. (laughs) Yeah. 
This was a uh, nostalgia critic highlight. I, f- I feel like I don't really, I mean, I haven't seen this movie until now, but I kind of feel like based on what I've read about the reviews of it, mm. this is like an iconic scene for all the wrong reasons. It's oh, like yeah. Kind of the one of the, the kind of the scene that this movie is remembered for to the extent that it's remembered at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, yeah, and even later on, you get to see those deer still having poop in their teeth. Woo! Um, By the way, Adam Sandler also voices the deer, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, they just kind of go, meh, 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 That's a role Frank Welker could have had. (laughs) (laughs) You're taking food off Welker's plate. Yeah. So, uh, later, a play against Davy's ego convinces him to play basketball. Two on two. The refs versus... I think they're all policemen, uh, these guys, these adults. Hmm. Hmm. When Whitey gets hurt, Benjamin, remember him? Jennifer's son? He subs in. Yeah, he got a basketball for the first day of Hanukkah or night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of the few actual references to Hanukkah in this movie. No kidding. No kidding. Anyway, he he subs into the game for, for Whitey. And, uh... Davy, he's still sharp at basketball, and he schools the men and bonds with the little boy. Jennifer um, at first, hmm? I was going to say abruptly, like, oh, this, yeah, you know, I get the idea of a character slowly softening, but right. this is literally overnight. Well, I think sports can do something like that, kind of, hmm. you know, but uh, anyway, you're right, it's garbage. <laughs> anyway, so the Jennifer at first enjoys seeing her son have fun, but Davy's influence makes the boy shout obnoxious things. And then, oh boy, it's a duet between Davy and Jennifer as they drive to their respective homes, lamenting about how things have changed since they were childhood sweethearts. And oh no, Davy's trailer is on fire. He saves only a card from his parents. Lucky for him, he can stay with Davy and Eleanor, Oh, no, times two. Already it's another musical number. This about the rules of staying in the brother and sister's home. (laughs) Mm. Like every garbagey Sandler movie, living with these weirdos has warmed him up and made him a better person, kind of. (laughs) And that's another thing I hate about Sandler movies, his redemption. You know, they're all these kind of softball movies in the end, even though he's the biggest jerk you can imagine throughout, you know, 80% of the movie. I must say I have not really seen very many Adam Sandler movies, if any, now that I think about it. Yeah, well, anyway, I won't. I won't admit to the ones I watched. <laughs> um, there's a flashback about Hanukkah's past uh, that goes from a high of 12-year-old Davy dominating on the court to a low of learning that his parents died that night, a card from them, all he had left. He bounced around foster homes and eventually became an alcoholic. The terrible memory makes him hatefully blow up at the old siblings. But what a terrible thing to bring up anyway. Yeah. Uh, By the way, they're at a skating rink at this time, and Eleanor is eating a corn dog because what says Jewish celebration like a corn dog? Yes, although it is pointed out at the beginning that Whitey is not Jewish. And so oh, he isn't? 
No, uh, okay. it's he says like when he goes into the courtroom, he says he wishes the judge a happy first night of Hanukkah. And uh, and the judge says, I'm not Jewish. And Whitey says, well, neither am I. Huh. Man, I forgot the first 20 minutes of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so um, on a bender, the drunken craphead, that's Davey I'm talking about, goes to the mall and has a hallucination about the various shopping mall brands singing encouragement for Davy to reckon with his pain and let it out and cry. Looking at the Hanukkah card he, that he'd been saving breaks him down. And then the police fail to arrest him for breaking and entering. <laughs> Davy boards a bus for New York to escape the law. Meanwhile, every other character is at the banquet and managing to be worthless even without Davy Stone around. Don't worry, though. A Hanukkah miracle makes the bus pop its tires on a single thumbtack. It's the tipping point to Davy's crisis of conscience. So he hurries to the banquet. Oh boy, we're almost there. We're almost done. You know what? I was thinking that too, and then I looked and saw there were still 15 minutes left in this hour <laughs> yeah. and 15 minute long movie. I, it's only 75 minutes long. I was, if you can believe it. I was like, how can there still be 15 minutes left? Well, there's another song. Mm. We've gone we've gone to 10 minutes without a song, so we need another one. Uh, so Whitey, he doesn't win the award. But that prompts Davey to walk in and make a heartfelt speech, even if it means he'll be arrested. Bland love interest Jennifer convinces everyone to give him a chance. Through song, Davey reminds them of how good Whitey supposedly is and how bad everyone has been to him. When the old goof does some soul-searching at the mall, the town catches up to him, and they award him the all-star patch. Huzzah! Not only and that, but all the previous year's patches as well. Right, right. We get a hilarious payoff where the three-breasted woman tears off three patches. Yeah. And tosses she, she, I, You know what? I was thinking, like, oh, she got the all-star person of the year three years in a row, huh? Yeah. She ran, she ran out of boobs to win more awards, I guess. I guess. Okay. Throughout the week, everyone, I mean, every single person I told that I was reviewing Eight Crazy Nights expressed their sympathy. <laughs> and Adam Sandler has a lot of money and his movies make a lot of money. Yes. So I got to wonder how many closeted Adam Sandler fans are out there. Well, I can tell you that the first CD that I ever bought with my own money was his seminal classic, They're All Gonna Laugh at You. And okay. I will say that is, I mean, I haven't listened to it in a long time, but in, you know, 1990-whatever it was, three or four, it was hilarious. That oh, CD. you know, hmm? I'll stand up for him when people, like, poop on him and say that. I think he he is capable of being funny. Yeah. But he is all, also capable of being unfunny. You know, I'm thinking about it now. Um, mm. I am a fan. I think I've mentioned before on this podcast that I'm a fan of Monty Python. Mm. And part of the concept of Monty Python was that they would write their skits and then they would reach a point where it's just kind of not, it can't be funny anymore. Okay. And so instead of writing an end to the skit, they just say, okay, here, Terry Gilliam, do an animation to get us the next skit. Like, they wouldn't bother. They would, like, tell the joke. Right. And then instead of ending it, they'd just be like, okay, we're not going to fade this out. Next thing. 
Yeah, and I'm going to throw something and the next guy's going to catch it and it'll be yeah, a yeah. sketch or whatever. Exactly, yeah, yeah. right. And you kind of, I wonder if you get that feeling with, you know, if Adam Sandler has to go through an entire narrative, his Ugh. jokes don't work. Like if he's just jokes for the sake of jokes, great. But if he's like, if he has to make them into a greater story, then it falls apart. Well, you, like I said, I don't believe it. I don't believe that this total craphead has changed by the end of the movie. Yeah. And all these people that he's wronged all of a sudden love him. Well, it's not even that. Like, it's it's not about his redemption, really. It's about no. Whitey. Well, I mean, no, it's about his redemption. He, but, yeah. Well, it, it kind of is to some extent. But, like, in my mind, there's still the, okay, you were drunk and broken entered and and now you're going to jail. <laughs> Like, mm. that, you know, there's that heartwarming, I guess, bit at the end <laughs> with Whitey. But at the same time, like, you know, you have to think there's because there's no there's no real resolution to the quote unquote love story between him and Jennifer, which actually that is the other thing that I liked in this movie. That, oh, my <laughs> the Scratched God. up keyhole and the relationship <laughs> yeah. between Jennifer and Davey because. Jeez. Okay. Now, hear me out mm. because it doesn't work the way that you think it's going to. She, it's not like she's still holding a torch for him and waiting for an excuse to fall in love with him again. She's mm. just kind of lamenting like, oh, we used to be such good friends. It's too bad he's such a jerk now. Oh, well. And she doesn't immediately, you know, there's no kiss at the end or anything like they don't immediately, you know, fall in love. It's just kind of she's just kind of like, oh, maybe he's changed back to the way he used to be. But there's no, you don't, there's no resolution of that. They're, they hold hands, but there's no happily ever after for them. You know, for all we know, the next day, she could be like, well, Davey, I'm glad you're getting your life back on track, but you need to go into some therapy and I'm just not ready. You know, I, I don't know that I could be with someone with your kind of toxic baggish. Baggish? Baggage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't feel like their love story resolves and I actually like that because it's realistic. That's it's, fair enough. It's I not guess. that she, she's not there to be the woman who's going to wait until he changes and then fall in love with him again. She's who? Yeah, she's not really there at all, which is the other. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she's not even present in her own love story. Who do you think this movie is for? Because I'm thinking if it's if it's kids, they probably don't want to see the love story anyway. Hmm. Boy, that's I mean, a good question. For no one, really. It's it's for adults to be disappointed, I guess. It's I guess it's that kind of there's this kind of or I don't know if there still is, but for a while there was this like niche of, you know, kid things done in a satirical adult way. Like, like this Aqua is, Teen Hunger Force and um, Team I, America and I would say so on, so on. I would say more like um Robot Chicken. Okay. Or maybe to some extent, Happy Tree Friends. Okay. You know, where it like, on the face of it, it looks like a kid thing, but it's parodying mm. it by being really adult and gross. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I mean, maybe it's for the people who... I 2002 was a long time ago, almost 20 years. And maybe people liked that back then. Well, I'll tell you, it's got a Rotten Tomatoes of 12%. Yeah. 
So 12% apparently liked it. Yeah, I kind of looked at the reception, too. I saw that Roger Ebert gave it two stars, which... Wow. Well, before I saw the movie, I thought, gee, that seems high. And then I saw the movie and I kind of went, yeah, that seems right. Man, I I don't know. I I don't like this movie, but it's not like... It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, it's it's not one of these, oh, like, um, the postman with, um, um, Kevin Costner. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tried watching that movie. Me, I don't, I can't remember if you were there. That might've been when you were living in the States. No, no. I I remember watching it or immediately saying like, where did all the houses go? Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, No, that, that movie was like, and, and it was also very long and it was just kind of an endurance. Like, oh my God, this won't end. Oh, I don't know, man, because, like, this movie, like, not a thing of it <laughs> is entertaining. <laughs> no, not really. All the songs are terrible. Pretty and much. there's just a rhythm of throwing a gag in your face, you know, and, like, everything is bad <laughs> in this movie. It's just... Well, no, no, no. Okay. it The animation is re- decently skilled. Yeah. Which is more depressing. Hmm, <laughs> Because it means that people with skills wasted their time on this. Like, I have a saying that I like that, you know, like the worst day animating is better than the best day schlubbing or whatever. Right. This really tests it that these people have their name on this movie, you know. They have to admit that they worked on this thing. At the time, too. Like, this is just when cell animation was starting or cell animated full length motion pictures were starting to fade away. Like everybody was switching to animation or or computer animation, I should say, you know, Mm. Pixar was in full effect. Um, If Shrek hadn't happened yet, it was going to very soon. Um, This is, you know, Disney was putting out like home on the range and stuff like that at this point. Like that's one I have not seen actually. Me neither. It looks terrible. Yeah. No, it's like they sabotage themselves by making all the cell animation things. Nobody would want to watch. (laughs) <laughs> like Home on the Range or Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah. But then Lilo and Stitch came along. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, there's heart in that. No, they, Not, I mean, there's no heart this, in this. This isn't a review of Lilo and Stitch, although it could be. Lilo and Stitch is real good. Yeah. I yeah. love that movie. I was, I was looking at some of the uh, uh, the art and animation department of this and thinking like, well, what was it like for these guys? So the director, Seth Kearsley. He went on to find redemption by directing the Looney Tunes show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can see that DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roger Chason was one of the animation supervisors who, before this turd, animated Frollo in Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hmm. And he can even take more pride from being the supervisor on Pac-Man, Pac-Van Winkle, and Happy Pac's Giving. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a callback. Yes. And then there's like a dozen storyboard artists. And I just like imagine that how that they thought that maybe they were doing something that was entertaining, you know, on a layer before it got to be animated and have voices. Well, I mean, <laughs> they would have been given like the script. Like, here's what you got to make visuals for. And like, oh, yeah. man. We have to have Adam Sandler humping a car. Oh, yeah. And you know what? He dials it to like five, you know, (laughs) he's not even 
Adam Sandlering with half of his energy, right? Mm. He's, 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 it's like, I, I guess it happens, right? That not everybody can bring the same kind of energy as when they're on camera. Yeah. You know, it's like watching the Star Trek animated series and hearing <laughs> William Shatner do his dialogue. <laughs> Strangely subdued. Yeah. <laughs> and like Rob Schneider being the uh, the narrator and uh, the hilarious Chinese restaurant guy. I just like the way he's delivering it. He's an entertainer. Like I got to imagine that he wanted to be interesting, right? Or, or did he just accept... The, the only way he could do this was being bland. I don't know. You know, it's funny is they have like guests, uh, com- comedic associates, and every member of Sandler's family doing mm. voices in this thing. Hmm. I almost find it funny that Kevin Nealon as the mayor plays it entirely straight. Hmm. It's so weird because like as, as a person, he can't play anything straight. But in here, hmm. yeah. And, you know, now that you're think- I'm thinking about the voice, like... Yeah. I just said Adam Sandler had some really good comedy albums. Right. Like he can Oh yeah, yeah, just the audio. Yeah. yeah he can do it. It just this I mean I think it's, it's the story thing. I I really do. I think you know, if you tell him right. here, have like a, you know, a 3-minute funny skit where you're making silly voices and in a in a ridiculous scenario or something and he can pull it mm. off. But then it's like now you have you know, a 75 minute story to tell from beginning to climax and denouement. And I don't know that he has it in him. I mean, in pure dollars, he obviously has it in him. Well, yeah. But who can justify it? I don't know. I this, think that's that's half the reason people hate him so badly. I mean, <laughs> this, this movie came out the same year. I mean, it wouldn't have been produced the same year. Animation takes a yeah. lot of time. But this movie yeah. came out the same year as arguably the only good movie Adam Sandler ever made, Punch Drunk Love. Okay. Not seen it. I I haven't either, but what I've been told is that that's actually a quite good movie and Adam Sandler has a good performance in it. Hmm. Maybe it's a more straight-laced romantic comedy instead of, you know... Oh, yeah. A hockey player yeah. who's playing golf now. Right, right. Ah. Yeah. Even, even his production company, Happy Madison, makes me angry. <laughs> it's Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. You know those movies? I have seen them. Ugh. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, you know, I was a fan of Adam Sandler's comedy, but even I looked at those movie trailers and went, mm, at a time when I don't mm. have a lot of pocket money, this isn't where I'm going to put it. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I was saying that Summit of the Gods, I felt like I experienced mountain climbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you noted, we sure didn't experience Hanukkah in this movie. Boy, no. I mean, there's one of the jokes is like in the banquet There's like, wish it, I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. And everyone goes, Merry Christmas. And yeah. for our Jewish community, Happy Hanukkah. And there's like one table of four people who, Happy Hanukkah. I mean, that's kind of cute, I guess. Mm. Except it doesn't make sense that like <laughs> this community there, they made an ice sculpture menorah. <laughs> for well, the three Jewish families that live there? I guess. I don't know. I, Heck, even the Jewish basketball team is full of ethnically other uh, non-Jewish, I guess. Or yeah, didn't they say... Jewish at most. I actually meant to go back and check this. Didn't they say it was like the Jewish Boys Club Community the Center? The JCC. Yeah. And then... But don't... 
don't trust my memory on this movie. <laughs> well, the important thing there is the word boys, because I think there's at least two girls on that team. Right. Well, you know, they only had three Jewish boys living in that in <laughs> Dukesbury, I guess. We so. can't feel the team. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing in the playbook that says a non-Jew. Sorry, this says a Gentile can't play baseball. Um, <laughs> okay, so here's the real bugaboo for this. All right. Do we really have to take a celery stalker slogan from this? Hmm. We could. I think Bob's Burgers has got to have something good. Wreck It Ralph, maybe. Hmm. Well, if you want me to, I can dig around and see if I can find a good line from Bob's Burgers just out of protest. There's, <laughs> there's nothing in, or, or we could just do the sound effect of the key scratching against the. <laughs> the yeah, the, actually. You know what? You've got um, you've got all the timestamps. You should just make a montage of fart, poop, poop, fart, fart. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> I guess I could. Oh, golly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So in summary, we both didn't like this movie. Micah didn't like it more than I did. Right. Great. Okay. What's next? So uh, next week. We're going to be doing shorts. Yeah, we're going to be doing shorts, and it's going to be about the holidays or winter or whatever. Same same rules as we had in summer. Yeah. All right, Massive. For you, I have Alma by Rodrigo Blas in 2009. Huh. And I have Christmas Comes But Once a Year by Fleischer Studios in 1939. Ooh. Neat. Okay. Uh, I went more winter than holiday. Fine. I have got a Looney Tune from, I believe it's 1948. See if you can guess what character is uh, in this one. Okay. The title of it is Odor of the Day. Okay. We haven't done that yet. No. He's been canceled, you know. Yes, I know. (laughs) Although apparently he has a cameo in the new season of Animaniacs. Right. Where he says that he's been canceled. That's his joke now. Oh. <laughs> um, and then the other one is a Tom and Jerry from, mm. I think, 1964, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. One of them uh, Chuck Jones joints. Hmm. It's called Snowbody Loves Me. Uh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's what we're doing next week. Four shorts themed around the winter or Christmas, what have you. Yeah. So I think I better address something. Last week, I may have suggested that some British entertainment was tacky Hmm. and thus by extension, all British people and culture. (laughs) Uh, It's unfair to base such opinions on cartoons, newspaper funnies and PAL region video games. (laughs) And England has given us some of the greatest comedy yeah. And it was where the Muppets and much of Star Wars was produced. Mm-hmm. And so it's got a legacy of puppetry, makeup, and practical effects. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of animation, we all love Count Ducula, right? Sure. Yeah. So, sorry, England. Yeah. Anyway, if, if you want to reach us, I'm at DrabSwatch on Twitter. Oh, oh, hey, it's a real fake tweet. Real fake tweet. All right. It goes at DrabSwatch. Are you taking a piss at us, you daft Canadian tosser? You're not funny. You suck. Die in hell, wanker. 
Hashtag Ponce. <laughs> well, you know what? Forget everything I said. This is war. Eject the Governor General. Canada is out of the Commonwealth. Yes, I have that power. Bring it, you limey gits. Banana slammer. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm going to cut you off right there. I am at AC Mancy on Twitter. Tell us what to watch and what you think of the show. Uh, British people, tell us what you think of Micah so we can cancel him, too. And now here's something akin to a celery stalker slogan. Poop, 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 po